Hey, welcome to Bonehead. James, do you mind introducing our guest for us tonight? Because we have a special treat for everyone. Absolutely. Our guest tonight is Don Tackett of Grizzly Details. And if you haven't been exposed to Grizzly Details, you need to be exposed to Grizzly Details. It's great videos you can find on YouTube, uh, reading some uh, classic and some horror fiction with not only, not only reading, but also having uh, the video and and uh, we'll talk more about that in a moment because i want to get into that but yeah don let's talk about your actual job as a paid lover <laughs> sorry we um, were joking before before this started definitely not well paid so we'll say that well much. you know toss a bone <laughs> to a guy every once in a while so i was sitting here other than admiring your beard which is cool because thank, thank you fellow facial hair to another person I, that i fucked that up what i really like is your dark tower stuff bud oh yeah i've uh i've had those those three i printed them out and just stuck them in a frame years ago um but yeah i found these really cool barn wood frames at yeah. uh, hobby lobby uh-huh thought it was a pretty neat uh addition to the uh the feel is that the Crimson King on the on my right? Your your yes. Yeah, that's so and cool. then the tower. Uh-huh. And then uh at the doorway. Yeah. I well, it's always nice to get a fellow Stephen King fan on here. We only did 18 episodes on Stephen King. And actually, <laughs> I was I just to I it was fresh in my mind, Don, because I was I was actually I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, which I know was funny. But I was listening to the it's the King report or whatever it is. They got they got Stephen King. Oh yeah, I saw that it was on Twitter. I was like, wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Hey, mention me. <laughs> right. One of them is a one of them is a is a screenwriter and interviewed and met him before, but that's beside the point. Yeah, it was cool that they got Steven in it. He was talking about the Dark Tower and how it's never really ever done. It's always in the back of his head. So I agree. Don, what this is a cliche question before my other fellow boneheads start asking but i gotta ask before we get into your videos and before we get because i was watching them and listening to them and i've enjoyed them quite a bit well, thank you and you you did right by brandon applegate yes you did you did uh that kid coming out you you did you did right by him yeah you did so I, that's I my first thing that. is to compliment and say i'm a fan now that james has introduced us to it and i enjoyed <laughs> it but what was the thing that made you so fucked up? Oh, wow. <laughs> I usually say what's the, the bug that thing? bit you. Well, I usually, which is a cleat, but I do want to ask, and it is a hackneyed question of, because I'm always fascinated when we meet a fellow geek. And most of the time, even if it's a writer, director, production designer, we've had them all. We normally find out in 10, 15 minutes, oh, this is just another nerd happens to be more successful in the film industry than we are because they're more talented, <laughs> but at the same time, another nerd. Right. Right. So when did uh, it start? Uh, I was trying to go through this earlier today, just in case uh, it had to be, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> no, that's fine. It had to be early eighties, 82, 83, maybe mm -hmm. um, staying overnight with a cousin. We sat up late, watched movies, the last movie we saw was Friday the 13th part three. That's so a good one. Jason bursting out of the, the house running at her and, and then yeah. Pamela coming up out of the water. 
I, that probably was the beginning. And and it was the that's the first that's the one with the hockey mask. Everybody yes. everybody forgets. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. We don't. But the people who <laughs> are just casual is that Friday the the mask didn't show up to part three. That's right. Now, so when you when you watched it, because I want I, I want to know if you had the same experience of me when I watched this for the first time. Did you know it was originally meant to be in three D? Um, I did. Uh, we didn't watch it in 3D. It was on cable at the time. So, yeah, I, I watched yeah. it on VHS copy, and I'm like, why is everything so so close to me? Like, you know, when he squashes the guy's face, I'm like, it was just so bad. But like, oh, it was supposed to be meant in 3D. So I didn't know. Cut I did to, not know that for years later that it was actually 3D. Sorry, cut to <laughs> Chad with his face always smashed up to the TV going, why is everything so close? <laughs> No, even even the head popping scene when I was a kid, I laughed. It was so ridiculously silly. <laughs> well, have you guys ever watched Jaws? I mean, Jaws three was supposed to be was yeah. in three D, and then yeah. and the shark when it comes. I mean, past that, the movie's not very good. I mean, the sh- it just looks god awful. Yeah. Same thing with the ending of kind of Freddy's Dead, which I did see in the theater in three D, and now it just doesn't. It's like, why did they do this? Oh, because it was in three D. Yeah, most of those films don't hold up very well. I do remember Jaws 3, though. I saw it in the theater in 3D. And like, really? Yeah, when it exploded at the end, the chunks were floating like in the seats in front of me. It was pretty cool. Now, (laughs) that I would enjoy. I would buy a Blu ray of that or a 4K of that so I could experience that in my house. so that was what kind of was. So when did you get into, what else did we get into? What were, what were some of the things that you liked to read? What were some of your favorite movies? What were the things that just, you just became obsessed with? Um, Cause I can see the Stephen King. Yes. Um, other than our, as far as movies are concerned, it typical fare, uh, star Wars, star Trek, uh, just about anything sci-fi, um, Horror, like I said, came around in the early 80s to mid 80s. Um, you know, I, as far as books, it was, God, well, it was mostly comic books starting out. Oh, yeah. I read those. Yeah, I've read comics since I can remember. Um, as far as novels or short stories, um, started with Stephen King's Cujo. I had found a copy in the auditorium at high school probably sixth or seventh grade and uh, didn't know who it belonged to. So I just took it. I was like, Oh, I've seen this movie, you know? So uh, uh, I didn't read it for about a year after that. And then when I did read it, I was like, Oh, this is really good. And then I was introduced to his novel it. And that pretty much sparked my just reading frenzy. I couldn't stop after that. Me and you had the same experience, except not with Cujo, but it was a uh, the first novel I ever read was in uh, like novel novel was it. I, ah. I found I found it in the in the library on a table that nobody was, and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, oh, I I read I saw the miniseries and haven't stopped since. Was Stephen <laughs> King just leaving copies of his books around, going, this will hook the children. Well, yeah. I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. I might was misery story. then it. So <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I was I was in the seventh grade reading Misery. No yeah, one's we're also me. causing a lot of misery in seventh grade. <laughs> Probably, but I, I'm now looking back on it. No one stopped me. Of course, now I, I lucked out. James and I have talked about this before. Our mothers had one thing in common. It was, well, it doesn't matter what he's reading as long as he's reading. 
Exactly. I remember seventh grade reading it in my English class. And when we were re when we read, the teacher saw something on where if you listen to soft music, it encourages you to read more. So every day, every every day she would play Kenny G. And I was listening, I was listening to Kenny G as I was reading the scene where they all initiate to before they uh -huh. go and fight it the, as kids. Yeah. If you're a fan of it, you know what I'm talking about. Listening to Kenny G and not being in the right mindset for that. <laughs> that, that combination of the two. Well, now I know. Kenny G horrifies him. Well, now, <laughs> now I know what the soundtrack will be if Chad ever does his version of it. <laughs> the audience won't understand it, but it'll make complete sense to Chad. All right. Well, so it, where did we leave off? What's your best, what's the best Star Trek film? Go. Star Trek film, the first yeah. one. The what? first one. Yep. What? <laughs> no, I, I mean it's it's the most Star Trek of the Star Trek. The films. motion, the motionless <laughs> James, picture. Shut well, your kiss ass. That's mouth. not bad. <laughs> the motionless picture. I like that. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. Uh, Rathacon was fantastic, and I don't know. It was. It, it's just like that. It was that stepping off point from the series. Yeah. Yeah. It was that. You know. Oh. This is actually a thing now, um, more so than just the series. So I understand. Well, favorite Star Trek series. I'm, I'm sorry. What was that? Favorite Star Trek series. Uh, next gen. Okay. Only because that's probably the most like consecutive episodes I've ever watched. Gotcha. So <laughs> I don't know. I was about to take a geek card, but I'm pretty happy with all the Dark Tower. <laughs> behind him <laughs> he somehow wooed his way now i know why he's a paid lover now i know. yep that's I that's how out, you knew how to what do you oh yeah it's turning around i was like what came in so <laughs> did you go to college what did you want to work in movies what did you want to do animation kind of tell me about when you got to high school and started thinking about what you wanted to do well in high school i had i don't know seven or eight art classes in one year uh -huh. Um, and then I went to art school for advertising art. So magazines, newspaper, that type of thing. Um, funny, you said working in movies, I ended up working for a movie promotion company for about 11 years here in Cincinnati. Um, so yeah, I got to see, uh, the, the <laughs> prequel star Wars films about a week or two before they opened um and just a slew of other films the matrix wow. uh i've got member well not really memorabilia more like uh tchotchkes stuff that they send out to mm -hmm. uh, promote the film yeah i got all kinds of t-shirts hats posters all kinds of stuff like that just collected over the years so what did you do were you in advertising i did i advertised uh in newspapers in ohio kentucky indiana uh for just movie times with the the studios would send us the right. art and i would just put in like the theater and the times and send it out to the newspapers that's awesome because oh. that is completely that that is one of those things that because we're of a certain age you would try to get the friday paper yeah you're yep. a film geek and and if you lived anywhere near and and that doesn't even exist anymore no no, nope. nope. which is why I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Get the newspaper, tear out that page, and then keep it. And yeah. you're the only one that could touch it. 
<laughs> That's right. Right. So you got to see all these movies early. You were having a good time. What, what was your plan? What did you think you wanted to do? Because you obviously love animation. You're obviously mm-hmm. into storytelling and filmmaking. Well, as far as, uh, as, far as my, my channel is concerned, I was looking for something that I could do um, that I had the skill sets for right. that I guess I could eventually make money at and mm-hmm. maybe like replace my current uh, salary or at least supplement it. Um, my original thought was, I'm not a teacher. I don't teach things very well. And most of my skills are not of the level to be teaching anyway. But for the last year or so, I've been running a Star Wars RPG for uh, a bunch of friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really cool idea to create an episode that I ran so I did mm-hmm. and then it just started growing from there I would piece together videos that I found on YouTube or wherever to create this like opening story or segue for each story and the players absolutely loved it <laughs> so at that point I was like hey I remember back in the 70s and 80s there was a tv show on PBS called uh gather round yeah and they would tell stories and illustrate parts of the story as they were telling it so one dude is drawing on the uh, a large piece of paper while someone else is narrating the story uh i think john robbins was one of the guy's names uh i'm gonna have to look this one up you lost me on this one i do not oh yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah this was fantastic stuff because you you'd only get like a snippet of the story like 15 minutes worth of the story. But during that 15 minutes, he's drawing with colored pencils and chalk and it's just beautiful artwork. And that's what I wanted to emulate. So oh. that's why I started putting in the, the, the drawings and, and revealing it with ink as I'm, as I'm narrating, uh, which I got that idea from ghost of Shusima, Tsushima mm-hmm. video game. There's a yeah. animation that they do. It's fantastic. So I tried to emulate that. Well, back to what we were talking about, that the YouTube website, the YouTube is called Grizzly Details. And yes. James, how did you find out about it? it? Brandon Applegate, you did one of Brandon Applegate's stories, Drain. And, and Brandon and, Applegate is a guest of? Yeah, he, he's been a guest on our show, and we had a lot of fun talking to him. And, and when he tweeted and said, oh, you all need to see this, I immediately went, well, sure, I do. And, and as Joe alluded to, you captured... I mean, that story really well. And then, of course, as one does on YouTube, I went down the rabbit hole and started looking at the other stuff and looking at kind of, uh, again, for those that haven't seen it yet, pause our show, go watch one now, Um, but do come back. Uh, But uh, looking at, again, like you were saying, and I just pulled up Gather Round and and I vaguely remember seeing Gather Round now. They showed it to us at school. Um, But looking at, your use and and one thing i want to ask you is you have a a host so to speak an intro every time and that host is compelling uh it made me speaking of comic books it made me think of you know the old school ec crypt keeper and yeah. and 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 all the everybody remembers the crypt keeper because it got updated 
but all the crone and the w- old witch and all that stuff. And that's actually a question I wanted to ask. Where did your host come from, so to speak? What, what was the idea behind having that that kind of, for lack of a better term, almost a Rod Serling type intro, but very, uh, I appreciated his uh, somewhat southernness, but with a very dark edge to it. Yeah, absolutely. I Thank you very much. Um, that concept came from, like you were saying, the Crypt Keeper. I wanted, I wanted somebody that could, you know, start the show off, give somebody an idea of what's coming up and just kind of be a, a connection between the, the viewer and what I was trying to narrate, what I was, the story I was trying to tell. Um, as far as where he came from, um, old saw is, it's an old term for like a, a moral or a parable or, you know, like a story. Yeah. Um, as far as his uh, Southern draw and feel that just came to me as I was recording, I had written stuff out and I was like, okay, this is what I want to say in the intro. And it just came out that way. So I ran with it. I pitched my voice down about a, a full step and I also talk a little lower and it just evolved from there. Unfortunately, my analytics are saying that people are skipping that part. So I'm, I shortened it on this most recent story. Well, Don, I'm, what I'm impressed about is that I had no idea you were going to be the damn narrator. <laughs> that's, that's what my mom said when she first heard it. My, um, I'm glad my, I said like your mom, but I'm serious now that I'm talking <laughs> to you because we were about two, three minutes into it. And I go, shit, is that his voice? He didn't hire somebody. I don't know if I can give you a better compliment than that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much what everybody says. Is that you in the beginning? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I just, yeah, you know, I, or found somebody to do it, but in all my years of playing online games, mm-hmm. I can't rely on other people to be there when I need them. So yeah. especially when you're not paying them. Exactly. Guard so for figured, life by world of Warcraft completely understand. Yep. Uh, well, and and that's also, I mean, your your narrator has a tagline at the end of the episodes too, which I really appreciate. That you know, we we don't need to be worried about the the darkness. I can't do the exact line, but I really I really do. I I think that's so interesting, and I think you know, again, that it is like you said, it's like sitting around and having. I think about the first time I heard the Raven is what comes to mind. Is mm-hmm. it was just somebody telling it to me? It wasn't me reading a book. I read it later, but it was my father reading it to me and then he was like go to bed <laughs> you know, well, here I've, I've read you you know one of the most horrific poems at least i don't know if it's any mm-hmm. horror poem but you know and now go to bed i'm done i'm done with you um and so I, I i appreciate kind of that structure and that's one of the things i did want to ask is you know you almost have a flavor of, of the grand Gugno, I, I can't say Gugnol or whatever thank Gugnol. you um but also it, it has a radio show type quality. You have phenomenal visuals, but you know, I could in theory mute it or, or not turn off the monitor and just listen to it. And it still works. It still gives me that the visuals definitely add something, but it has, a, was, did you listen to radio programs or is it just something that naturally evolved? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm 48 years old, so I'm not super old, but I listened to WMKV radio 
a lot, which is the quote unquote old folks radio station. Uh So they play, you know, big band swing music, but they also play radio shows from the thirties and forties, the whistler um, suspense, some of those fantastic stuff. If you've never heard it, go online and find them. They are without a doubt, some of the best radio ever made. Yeah. Um, And I just, I love that feeling that sitting around the radio, you know, I, I didn't grow up that way, but you know, my parents did sitting around the radio, listening to radio shows and imagining it without visuals. Um, and that's kind of what I was going for because at work, I listen to YouTube stories like uh, documentaries or even audiobooks, and I don't need to watch anything, but every now and then I'll turn around and look at my other screen just to, just to see what's going on. And that's what I kind of wanted to be able to do. You don't have to watch my stories. Just listen. So, well, and I, (laughs) so I had so many questions because I was thinking the first thing I, I did was drain. And then of course, the second thing I went to, does anybody want to take a guess? Uh, the heart. I mean, yeah, that was it. You're absolutely right. I mean, of course, it was the Telltale Heart, and I started listening to it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it brings me back." And I remember there's a version of it that's close to that that I heard in grade school. Mm-hmm. That's an audio version, and I bet there's a 152 audio versions. But I, I'm where I'm. I'll be 44 this month, and this would have been the early 80s. And I, I remember hearing it in grade school, and it stuck with me. And it, and honestly, it's not just it's even if you'd done another story when I was listening to Telltale Heart, it just started making me think of it again. Yeah. Brought out a pleasant memory, which is sad. We're talking about somebody's buried, but it did. It brought out a childhood memory of something that made me smile. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I wanted to give you props though, because you also have a story. I dare you on, on there, which I believe is by you. Yes. Um, which I was, I, I put it on, I was watching it. And if, if you all haven't watched it yet, or for our listeners who haven't watched it yet, it is, there's get no words. One. There's no words. There is just sound. And, and, and if I'm, I'm summarizing this poorly, mm-hmm. by all means, let me know. But it's, it's somebody going into an allegedly haunted house and you just follow them through the house. Yep. And, and your use of sound there is, the first time there's just a little bit of a background kind of laughter had my headphones on i was at work so there were people out in the hallway and i'm like is that where, where is that is it am i in am i in world am i out of work where is that coming from and then obviously you know, <laughs> spoiler it, it gets worse um but but with that in mind you know as you thought about adapting that and i, I believe in the comments you may say that you originally kind of did that in 2010 uh how do you, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say it like Joe would say it. That took balls of steel. I mean, to, <laughs> to be telling a story. I don't and do always it so talk well. about his balls. No, well, well, you There's other don't body say it about me, but you've said it to other guests that, you know, it, it takes a lot of guts to be telling a story and then say, this one's going to be only audio. And you do give like uh, a, a drawing of where they are in the house. But as you thought about putting that together, either in 2010 or, or for this show, what was, I mean, what was your thought process on that? Cause it is decidedly effective. Uh, but I, I was just wondering what that was like to 
to put that together and how that varies from doing drain or Poe or something like that? Well, um, the, the original concept came from a, um, I was taking online classes for web design and there was an audio course that I had to take. And at the time I had been recording music with a buddy of mine and he had a, um, uh, a portable four track, you know, battery powered. You could take it anywhere and just plug in a, a microphone and record whatever. And uh, this concept came up for an assignment to, you know, do a story without telling any words. And I was like, well, that's kind of vague. Um, and I just had this idea to do a haunted house because, you know, I grew up with the, the haunted house record, right. I guess, uh, Disney, I think made it. Um, you well, know, so that dozen, but that's probably the one that everybody had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So I went over to his house. We recorded about 80 or 90% of the sounds just around his house. Uh, the falling on the roof part, scraping on the, the, the shingles. That's him. He climbed, climbed out on his roof of the, the porch and just scrabbled around to make that noise. And I just pieced it together the next day. Um, I wrote the, the music in the background on bass and just mm -hmm. ran a flanger and, you know, altered it to just sound interesting. And then downloaded the other little parts that I needed, the clock chiming, uh, the fireplace uh, catching fire, the plates and stuff like that. That's about it. And as far as putting it online, I agree that did take balls to do, but I didn't have anything to lose. So I just, that's tried. what we say every week <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's free. Exactly. It costs you nothing. Exactly. And we look at our, our little things and it's like, sometimes people tune out too. So I totally get it. But what I was going to ask is how long on the average does it take? Because you're layering and layering and layering and you're just going back and you're doing the music, you're doing the audio, you're writing the lyrics, you're writing the intros. You're just, these are extremely time consuming. Uh, the longer the story, the more time consuming it is. I, I'll also say that the more supernatural the story is, mm -hmm. the longer it takes because I have to find royalty free images and uh, video. And, you know, I use a lot of story blocks and picks, uh, pixels and pixabay and stuff like that. So it's royalty free, but it's, kind of a narrow focus they don't do a whole lot of crazy stuff yeah so every now and then i'll find something really cool like um the the zombie in uh in gone fishing mm -hmm. they had an image of a zombie that was drooling blood i was like oh my god this is great and then every you wouldn't <laughs> you have no idea how difficult it is to find a video or a picture of someone picking up a cinder block no you're absolutely right i never thought we have Google it well we made a short film a few years ago and we have an idea of how hard it was to find the sound effect of hitting someone in the back of the head with a uh, uh with a sledge and uh, believe it or not hitting it a cinder block in uh, or my concrete in driveway in some mud works pretty well so i recall yeah. chad right yeah yeah it matched up really well so yeah i get i we had to go make our own so you didn't, when I was watching Drain, you didn't do the art for Drain? Um, I did. 
I kind of redrew some stuff and took some Because I was about to say that kid and the mom coming out. That's very specific. That's Photoshop. (laughs) (laughs) It looks good. I find royalty-free images and piece them together. So Mm. you live in a world of lies is what you're telling us. Exactly. (laughs) I I grew up on lies. So (laughs) That's true. We all did the best lies. Yes. But... Well, I'm very impressed about that, especially for all the Foley and all the different sound. Do you have any background before you started doing that, especially in mixing and sound? Um, Just what uh, my friend and I were doing with music. Um, Mm -hmm. And from that, I've just kind of had to develop my own way of doing stuff. I'm sure I, I know there's a blue million different ways to do what I'm doing that make things easier. But you don't. Uh, I just don't know what they are yet. Yeah. So that's that's the when you're self-taught that's you you learn how you how you learn how your brain works because i i I do the same thing with video editing i sometimes make some of my processes overly complicated and i'll see somebody who's a professional editor and they do it like a hundred times faster yeah but i still like it my way because it it allows me to check every single piece yep i agree and as somebody that doesn't do any editing at all it's really fun to watch Chad get angry about do i do it here do i do it here (laughs) Half a beat, half a beat. And I'm like, just cut. Just there. Move yep. on. But it is important, but you're absolutely right. And, and it, oh my God, my stupid computer. Sorry. But you, if, if you don't know and you've not been taught, I don't feel like we got really into that. I took over producing about two, three years ago. And it wasn't, it was a year, even though this is podcasting is fairly simple. By the time you put the YouTube version together and the audio version and you throw it all together, and Zoom has made it so much better it it is yeah oh yeah zoom has saved my me hours we were doing stuff on zoom and um shit skype beforehand anyway but so i want to know how you're picking your stories uh right now i'm trying to keep things under 30 minutes so that i can at least try and get something out within 10 to 12 days um that's a lot yeah well with my work schedule, I work 12 hours, but I work two days on and then I'm off two days and I work a full weekend and I'm off two days. It's crazy. So, you know, I, I get up at my normal time, three or four o'clock in the morning. And that's when I do my editing. That's when I piece things together until my fiance gets up and she goes to work. And then I do some recordings. Like today I did, uh, three, three recordings this afternoon um mm-hmm. but they were real short like five six minute recording like real short uh flash fiction stuff so hopefully i'll have those done by wednesday next week maybe i don't know that's exciting but you still didn't answer my question how are you picking the stories what what draws you to it are you picking people that you that you've either met online or because i mean you you i mean you've picked you had Poe, you, you have to, all your life been Poe. Absolutely. You have to, you have to do Poe. I mean, and the, and, and the one you picked, the one you posted yesterday is from a 1905 article from Cosmopolitan. Yeah. yeah that's like what a, I mean of how you're picking your stories. Um, well, I, uh, I have to admit, um, Steve L. Clark, um, victim of, uh, the elements and gone fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm related. He's my, <laughs> He's my brother-in-law's little brother. Yeah. <laughs> so when I started this, he told me, Hey, you know, I got published whenever I was like, Oh, I, I got to read your book. 
So I started reading his stories and I'm like, holy shit, these are great. And I asked him, I said, do you mind if I did a read of one or two of these stories? And he goes, no, go ahead. Absolutely. So um, I started with a uh, victim of the elements. And then uh, I, I did, I had gone fishing in my mind originally. Um, but once I did victims, I sent it to him. He loved it. And he was like, Hey, uh, one of my beta readers is also a published author. He did a bunch of short stories. Here's a link to his book. I bought his book and I was like, Oh, this is great. And that was Brandon. Yeah. So it's a small I, world. Exactly. I contacted Brandon. He was all about it. I picked a couple of stories. He just, <laughs> he was like, uh, just don't do this one. Uh, I think it was, is it tea party? Yeah. You guys talked about it on your podcast. Mm -hmm. He said, don't do that one. Cause we just did it on a podcast. And I was like, Oh, okay, no problem. So uh, yeah, I picked a couple of his stories, the ones that really spoke to me and, uh, and, and just sent them back to him and he loved them. So it's a small world. We, we, we got with him because a friend of ours is a published author. Yep. <laughs> and, and I've said this before on many times, writers are weird. Sometimes they'll come out and talk and sometimes they won't. Sometimes the moon has to be just in the right. So it helps if they know someone who's been on your show. Yes. Which is true for most folks. We, we get checked a lot, but it helps sure. if they know someone's been on your show. Well, that's great. Well, how did you, <laughs> or you always did, did, did Poe always be, oh, I, I need to do Edgar Allan Poe. I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Telltale Heart was, has always been like uh, definitely my favorite short story ever. Yeah. Um, you know, we watched, I'm sure the same, uh, the same video that you watched back in grade school. I, you know, and I, I can't remember it. I can't, I remember it, but I don't, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. figments and I couldn't track it down if my life depended on it. Yep. I guarantee you it's on YouTube, but I guarantee it is. <laughs> I probably, I, I won't say where I work, but it's a certain place of higher ed. Now maybe I could take an hour or two on their dime and do that, but I'll try not to, but maybe. So, yeah, I decided I got to do Poe and I wanted to do that story. Um, I actually tried to do the Raven earlier today, but I just, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. So I just moved on to something else. Uh -huh. Um, that doesn't mean I won't do the Raven. It's on, it's on the books to be done. Just not right now. Um, yeah, Ambrose Bierce, um, HP Lovecraft. These are short story authors that, you know, I grew up listening, uh, you know, reading and mm -hmm. listening to other people talk about, um, because you did a then, wireless message by Ambrose. Bierce. Yes. And yes. I haven't got to watch that one yet. There's about three or four that I haven't got to. Um, yeah, I actually did two more Ambrose Beers today recordings. Uh, so those will be up in a week or two. But uh, I ran across um, a website that listed public domain short stories. So uh -huh. they're free to use. And I ran across a bunch of authors that I had heard of and a bunch that I'd never heard of. And was like, well, this is perfect. I'll just, I'll go through and read these stories, find one that falls within that 30 minutes or less that speaks to me and I'll just do it. So as you're going back and doing research on this and you're reading all these stories, which sounds like a lot of fun to me, just to be able to, to just dedicate, you know, a day and go, I'm going to read X amount of stories and see what speaks to me. Mm -hmm. Are you, 
are you, I know you're probably finding things you never heard of that you like, uh -huh. but are you rereading things you did read and having a different experience? Because Absolutely. I have found this with Lovecraft and uh -huh. I read Stephen King said something about it a few years ago. It was like, I, you know, when you're a child, you love Lovecraft when you find out about him and you, and you just, this is, it opens a world to you at a certain age. I'm probably a young teenager, I'm sure. And he had the same experience. And he said, when he got older and went back and reread it, it was like, oh, doesn't quite have the same. And I reread in the mouth and at the I, and it doesn't have the same thing for me as it did. See, I'm the opposite. When really? I discovered, yeah, when I discovered Lovecraft, we were playing the role-playing game uh -huh. called Call of Cthulhu. How old were you? Uh, this was 90. So you're a little older. 92. Yeah, I was, I was in my twenties, early twenties. Twenties. Um, well, not quite 20 at that point, I guess. 18, 19. Right. But, uh, yeah, not that's when I was yeah, exactly not a child. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was introduced to it through the role-playing game. Uh -huh. So I really loved the mental aspect of it. The, the, you know, losing your sanity and going crazy. It wasn't until recently when I've gone back and reread some of these stories that I read, you know, 20 years ago, um, I, I see them in a different light. I feel a little closer to them, mainly because when I first read them, I couldn't follow the $50,000 word paragraph worth of sentences <laughs> that he uses. <laughs> yeah, that's that's honestly, I for some odd reason, when I was a kid, it didn't bother me, the flowery language. But as a 40 year old man, I think it was at the Mount at, at the mountains of madness. Uh, I just, it was just not, I was like, how the, cause I reread it because I kept wondering when's del Toro going to, cause del, the mm -hmm. government del Toro is going to make that movie for years and years and years. And for some odd reason, a year or two ago, it, I just thought I'll reread it. Blah, 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 blah. Why is it so hard? And I was reading it going, son of a bitch. How you even make a movie out of this? It makes no damn sense. And they kind of go off and then it comes back and then there's, yeah. But I love the idea of Lovecraft. I just did not have the same attachment to it that I did when I was a kid, when I was reading it. Yeah, I, I um, no, no, that's fine. I like I said, it was the flowery language, the run-on sentences that I mm -hmm. couldn't wrap my mind around as a kid or as a young adult. Now, in this genre, I guess, of reading them and telling a story, it makes a lot more sense. But can you do it through your medium? Could you do one One hundred percent. I have one in on the books. It's yeah. it's already recorded. Well, I, I'm just I'm just waiting for the bastard. When are you going to let it go? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to make the video for it, so it's going to take a minute. But well, um, obviously, you're not going to give Bonehead the exclusive of which story it's going to be, so that's okay. Um, Don't. That's fine. Yeah. No. 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 It's fine. I know we're not important. We just met. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the it's, get to know you chit chat. I'll try to slip my hand over later. It's it's not about <laughs> it's not about not giving you the exclusive. It's about I'm not sure I'm going to do that particular story or not. So I've got a couple of them that I'm working on. Yeah. Um, the one I recorded today is probably the easiest. It's it's the quickest. It's definitely the quickest. It's, it's five minutes. Yeah. Six minutes, something like that. Um, and it, it's also the less supernatural of the mm -hmm. ones that I'm planning. So it's definitely going to go through. Um, 
the one that I really want to do that might be a big hiccup is Pickman's model. Yeah. Um, fantastic story, bone chilling story. And you know, I, I get chills thinking about it now. I got to find somebody to do the artwork because I, I can't draw a ghoul. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it's, it's outside my realm. Um, we know some luckily, people. Well, luckily I have a friend that could do it. I just don't know what his availability is yet. So we know some people. <laughs> I might hit you up about that. We know some people. Well, going back to the story that you've done, and, and I know Joe hasn't seen it yet. So Joe, uh, ignore me. That won't be hard for you to do. Uh, but I'll be back in about 20 minutes, boys. Just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, with wireless message. And, and that's the thing, uh, you know, with doing Poe, with doing Drain, with doing one thing that I really think that horror does and and i think your videos capture is that horror can be horrific it can be tragic it can be a little bit comic Mm -hmm. and and i think and and that's what i appreciate about a wireless message a wireless message is a very sad ending yeah it's a very tragic ending and yeah it's there is that flavor of horror maybe a little bit of supernatural maybe but it's also you know, it's not a, oh, okay, well, at least some people are okay. It's, it's a very kind of sad wrap-up to, to the consideration of all of that. And, and I, I say all that to say, as you think about doing more videos, and, and you've talked about doing Lovecraft, is, is there, you know, is, is there this idea that you want to look at certain areas of the intersection of, of horror? So looking at more comics, looking at more, like, again, like I said, I keep going back to I dare you because I, it, it you messed with me and I appreciate that. It takes, uh, I have two kids. I'm, I'm used to being messed with and it doesn't bother me, but again, that type of video. And, and again, that is, it, it was a very horrific feeling, but then what do I do two seconds after I'm laughing at myself because I'm like, it's audio. I could take the headphones off. I could turn it, but of course I don't, I keep going. And so as you think about, future videos is there is there do you sometimes think about veering toward more tragic horror more comedy horror or do you just want to do interesting stories well like i said before a story has to speak to me for me to put the effort behind it um not saying that i wouldn't do a story that doesn't speak to me just saying that i put more effort into those stories a friend at work told me the other day, he's like, oh, you should do Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, but don't put a single raven in the entire video. And I was like, that, that's hilarious, but not exactly what I'm going for. Do I want to make that, that connection, that crossover into more like uh, uh, love stories or uh, comedic stories? I don't know yet. Uh, I'm just right now, I'm just starting. And I'm just trying to fill things out, feel where, where my audience is coming from. So, I mean, if, if that's the direction that people seem to be leaning, that's the direction I'll go. But right now I'm just wanting to do stories that I love either from my childhood or my young adulthood, uh, or brand new stuff that I'm reading now. Um, um, I can't remember. I've got a couple of different people that I've talked to on Twitter about uh, reading some of their stuff and getting back with them to see if they're amenable to, you know, me doing what I do. Uh, so far, they've been positive. So 
we'll see how that goes. So what are some of the authors or some of the people you'd like to do that aren't available? Uh, well, without paying Steve, Stephen King, of course. Yeah, but what he absolutely loves audiobooks. Absolutely loves it. And that would be the ideal is saying, hey, Mr. King, look what I do. And him saying, oh, well, here's a story just for you to do. Mm-hmm. That would be ideal. Other authors, um, I mean, I, I'm open to anything short story. I don't plan on doing really long stories. I might hit an hour depending on the story, uh, but I want to keep them about 30 minutes or less um, just for the production aspect of it. Other authors, uh, you know, I, I want to do more of Steve Clark stuff. I want to do more of Brandon Applegate stuff, but I don't want to do all of their stuff and nobody reads the book. So, right. Which is actually, and, and, and I think that's another thing that I really appreciate about your work, though, is it does, you know, I read Drain and I love Drain, and then I, I watched your Drain, and it's not necessarily what I pictured in my head, but those are, they can live together. Right. Hmm. I mean, going back to Stephen King, his comment about people say my books have been ruined by movies. Nope, books still on the shelf. And, That's and right. that that sort of dynamic that exists and, and the same thing with Poe, the same thing with Beard. I think the and I think the service that happens with your work, and, and I mean this extremely positively, is that we do live in a time where short stories don't always get their due. There's less publishing of short stories in, in magazines and things like that. And you're doing a great job of reminding people about how engaging these stories are, about how involved they are. Thank you. Thank you. And, and that's the whole point of this. I want to introduce people to maybe something they haven't heard in a long time or something they've never heard or something completely brand new. That, that's the whole point of what I've been doing with this. And hopefully that expands and I get more subscribers and, you know, more people tell more, more people and it just spreads from there. So Don, would you like to do an audio book? Would you like to actually read and do a whole book? That's a good question. Thank you. Um, it would have to be uh, obviously something I was really interested in. I, I wouldn't want to do a technical manual or something like that, but um. I've actually looked for jobs at audible.com. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't really find anything about reading stories. I don't know how they deal with that yet. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do it. If I think the book you could was do, right. I think you could do this with a novella as well. I actually, I beta read a novella this morning and it's fantastic um, by Steve Clark. Um, Mm-hmm. fantastic uh, i won't say anything else about it no no i think you should read our friend laura hightower and read hightower. some mm-hmm. she's a friend of brendan applegate that's okay We're, we can talk about this after the interview but uh definitely definitely i think you guys would hit it off so as we we're starting to get to that hour thing with and I want to remind everybody, go to YouTube, check out Grizzly Details. Our guest is Don Tackett. James, do you have any other questions? Well, and, and, and so another way they can keep uh, find out about you, as I did, is through Twitter. What's your Twitter handle again? I just want to make sure we get that out there. 
at Grizzly Details. Uh, and and so with that in mind, uh, and uh, again, I'm not saying this just because you're on the show, but people really do go check out these videos. I love Edgar Allan Poe. I'm that geek that goes to the Poe Museum. I do all of that stuff. And I've seen so many versions of that, but you had my attention. And, and, and that level of, of engagement. And going back, you talked about a little bit about doing the art, but your, your little video segments that are part of it as well, you select those very well. The the uh, thank you. What I will lovingly refer to as the freakout scene in in um, uh, uh, Telltale Heart, where mm-hmm. you know the, just the twitching. Yeah. I was like, that is it, it's it's compelling because obviously I know how that story ends, as I know, but it, it, it is effective. And so again, your your ability to combine all these different elements and the fact that you're doing it all yourself really about, you know, looking at what's the audio is going to look like, what's the background look like. Um, it is, it is quite frankly, I was like, yeah, I couldn't do it. There's no way I would have had the guts to approach this. And I'm a subscriber now. Uh, I will Thank continue you. to be, and I will, uh, I subscribe twice. <laughs> He's dedicated. Um, no, I really did with two classes, different YouTube though. accounts. Nice. I'm all about it. Tell your friends. <laughs> but, uh, and so, yeah, I, I tweeted out through my more quote unquote professional account other than just bonehead about the Poe one, because I, I think um, it's another way to keep these historic stories alive. And like I said, bring attention to the modern ones to talk about, you know, to share Brandon and to share some of these other stories that are out there that again, back in the day we would have had sci-fi weekly and it would have had 40 stories in it and an intro by asimov or whatever but we don't tend to have that as much anymore so i really appreciate uh, because as i was going through it i'm like okay i got more books to buy now i've got i need to buy these story collections and so uh again if you're listening to our show go over and check out grizzly details uh i'm sad to hear that more people don't appreciate the narrator i would i would love to have that narrator could read uh actually uh, that's what I want. I want you to do as uh, old salt. I want you to do uh, Vincent Price's Treasury of Great Recipes. Just read me the recipes in that voice. I will lovingly buy that book. I will lovingly. I'll sit there and be like, "Yeah, that's what we're doing for dinner tonight. That'll be great." Um, I uh, I actually own that that cookbook by Vincent Price and his wife. Yep, I, you I do. do. As well. I, uh, Did you get it and get it signed by Victoria, his daughter? No, I did not. Well, there you go. We had to do one one up you on a pissing contest. <laughs> I, we in our in somewhat our spare time, Joe much more than uh, than I do lately uh, because of my work schedule. But we have done conventions before, and I I was lucky to get to interview Sarah Karloff about Boris and oh, nice Victoria Price about Vincent and uh, yeah the stories and, and and things that came out of that and that was that was my prize for getting to do that is a I got a signed book, um, uh, that recipe book, which is, again, I think that's the other thing that I appreciate about horror is these people did things well beyond horror, right? I mean, they, they were very involved in other things and, and I'm a huge Vincent Price fan, which goes with that Edgar Allan Poe thing and all of that yep. stuff. But again, I, I'm really glad you agreed to do our, our crazy show. I'm really glad to be able to talk about some of this stuff because I, I didn't realize how much I needed what you, you have there and, and what is out there. He's no longer talking about the videos. Uh, <laughs> and being able to share that with other people, like I, I sent it to these guys and I, I, I will, 
you will get retweeted for a long time to follow because I'm fascinated by this and I really do appreciate the ability to share these stories. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank one you. More I time. appreciate all of you. Well, that's okay. But one more time, Grizzly, YouTube, one last question before we go. So okay. you screwed up the Star Trek one. <laughs> What's your favorite Star Wars film? Oh, Jesus. Um, no joke. See, here, here's the problem. There are no problems. There's only one correct answer. <laughs> and, and, and that coincides with my answer. There are no individual Star Wars films. I see it as one single story. So I, if I had to put a number on it, it would have to be Empire. Well, but, okay, that's all you needed to say. You should have uh, just opened uh, up with that. And then I would have uh, said, okay, yeah, now we can be lovers. Grizzly <sighs> details go out and listen and watch. Anyway, Joe's putting on a show. His favorite Star Wars movie is Caravan of Courage. <laughs> it's up there. It's up there. It's up there. At Wilford Brimley. I have I have fond memories. I, I haven't know, seen it since I watched it the first time, but I have fond memories. I uh, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> on disney plus they do have it on disney plus with the Ewok. Uh, all i can tell you is star wars droids has an underrated theme song i will go to my grave <laughs> defending it i am indeed in trouble again all right listeners nice. we want you to go out there and we want you to check out grizzly details please watch it listen to it we had a lot of fun with it thank you don so much for giving thank us you. an hour of your time we're going to push stop record here and then we'll talk to you about something real quick all right thanks all right thanks man Grrrr. <sighs>